He's always mistakenly British. Teen crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. Indeed, he is here. The most undocumented of undocumented anchormans we have ever had the pleasure of knowing. Not a single piece of paper. Uh. Not one. <laughs> That's true. That's my recommendation to everyone. Travel light when it comes to once you're in the system, there's no end to it. Well, let's start today by talking about an ugly story, Mark, please, with uh, involving an illegal immigrant. This is the guy who's still on the loose. Apparently, the FBI can't use the same uh, uh, software or whatever they use to track down all those people on January 6th. They can't use it with this guy, Francisco Opresa Perez Torres, who was firing his weapon drunkenly. Neighbors said, please stop it waking up the kids, and so he slaughters five of them, including a nine-year-old over the weekend in Texas. Then he goes on the lam, can't find him. The White House press secretary, Karin Jompia, has said that this is the fault of Republicans because Republicans will not advance a ban on assault weapons. So it is their fault. She didn't bother to mention the guys here in the United States illegally, of course. But it's their fault because because he used a an AR-15 style rifle, she says. Well, this this is completely ridiculous, you know, and you're actually mentioning the fact that he is an illegal immigrant. Uh, I had a news bulletin, whatever it was, an an hour or two ago. I think it was from ABC News. They reported on this story, a lot of heart-rending details. They reported Karine Jean-Pierre saying that uh, the Republicans are to blame for this. They didn't mention this guy is in the country illegally. And so this idea, I don't know what laws you're meant to pass, uh, because this guy doesn't care about the laws. That's why the most basic law of all which is that if you wish to enter a country that is not your own, you require the permission of the government to enter that country. Once you break that law, why would you pay any attention to any of the others? I mean, this this is completely ridiculous. Americans are the chumps of the planet for putting up with this and for putting up with all the, oh, if only we could pass common-sense gun control. You're admitting... Uh, foreign murderers to your own country, Karine Jean-Pierre. And here's the thing. Every country has a proportion of its citizens who are murderers. That's true whether you're talking about the United States, whether you're talking about Slovakia, whether you're talking about Tajikistan. No other country needs to actually import other murderers from other jurisdictions. But America uniquely uniquely and as a matter of government policy and as a matter of policy by the ruling party and by about half of the opposition party, which doesn't dare to actually provide any opposition on this, admits people 
have no, having no idea who they are. You know, when I applied for uh, my green card, I had to provide uh, information on parking tickets I got in the United States. Uh, I was pulled over for doing 17 miles an hour in the city of Montpelier, Vermont, uh, where I think the speed limit was 15 miles an hour. So I was going two <laughs> miles over the speed limit and some cop pulled me over. <laughs> I had to disclose that to the government of the United States before they would admit me into your fine country. That's how it goes on the northern border. On the southern border, uh, come on down. It's completely open. And, and uh, this is where Trump came in. Uh, with the case of Kate Steinle, poor Kate Steinle in San Francisco. And here we are, eight years after the case of Kate Steinle. And it's, I mean, the details of this story are horrifying. The mothers lying on the bodies of two of their children, trying to shield them from what is, in fact, an execution-style killing by a guy who's killed before. And the sentimental pap about immigration that Democrats peddle. Oh, nation of immigrants, give us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. Well, in the midst of all the poor, tired, huddled masses are lurking people who kill Americans. And, uh, and the, no nation can, can continue with this policy for long and remain a nation. It's not just that this guy was an illegal immigrant. He's a three-time illegal immigrant. Three right. times deported. Right. And yet he's right. back again. Right. All right. So No, no, 50... and again, that's fascinating to me. Because if you go, uh, you know, our friend Tucker Carlson, for example, uh, he, had a, he crossed into Canada when he was a teenager and they thought he looked uh, a bit suspicious, so they turned over the car. You have this ridiculous thing. Uh, where the more open the southern border gets, the more they harass uh, America. There's a, there were a couple of kids in New Hampshire who went up to Montreal to play in a bagpipe competition. And the United States government uh, turned over the, the because there's some uh, bagpipes for some instant uh, uh, crazy reason are regulated by uh, the uh, Department of Agriculture. I don't quite know why. I, I, I don't know. Uh, presumably somewhere somewhere in Washington, there's a guy who thinks a bagpipe is an animal. But so their bagpipes get caught. You know, don't try bringing a bagpipe across the northern border. Don't try uh, bringing Kinder Eggs, those chocolate delicacies that my kids love that are banned by the United States. But if you're on the southern border and you're a career criminal and you've been thrice deported, come on down for a fourth time and frolic and gamble wherever you want across the fruited plain. It's totally amazing, Mark. It is also amazing to me that we, United States government, with all of its largesse, and it is large, yes. requires <laughs> under, <laughs> under It Joe is the Biden. largest S on the planet in that respect. <laughs> uh, absolutely huge. $50 billion Joe Biden has spent, $50 billion in consulting firms. What in the... What in the... What in the... What... <laughs> What in the? Why? 
Why? And, and of course, a lot of these, like, booze, Hamilton, Allen, or booze, whatever it is. <laughs> hey, booze anything you want. With 50 million, <laughs> whatever booze you like, you can afford, yeah. basically. <laughs> what in the world do we have? What? How is this? While they're also while they're complaining to us that on June first we're going to run out of money, well, you're spending fifty billion dollars on consulting firms. Of yeah. course, we're going to run out of. Yeah, yeah, I love that because the, the the thing about it is, no one. If you were in Washington and you raised the subject of this fifty billion, no one would pay any attention to it because fifty billion it's like just a rounding error. That's more than the entire budget of certain nations. It's over half uh, the entire budget of uh, New Zealand, for example, and Norway. I mean, they're first world countries in which uh, you would have, if, you, if someone said, uh, oh, wait a minute, I see you spent $50 billion uh, last month. Uh, do you mind telling me what that was for? Uh, they're old fashioned enough to ask questions like that, because it's a, it's a big amount of money in Norway and New Zealand. But here... <laughs> It doesn't. That's one. I think that's really I, I mean, I'm astonished by this. I wrote a book about how broke America was back when uh, back in the good old Obama days, when I think the federal debt was just uh, 14, 12, 14 trillion dollars, something like that. Now it's a yeah. decade later and where uh, I think officially about 34, 30, trillion yeah, about 30, 30. I thought it was 31. But yeah, I'll go with 34. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. 34 trillion yeah. trillion. Yeah. And now we're quibbling <laughs> 31 trillion, 34 trillion as if it matters. Once <laughs> once you're floating up over really above seven, eight, nine trillion. The numbers are so big that nobody needs to do anything about them. So people people think, ah, 50 billion. Yeah, what are you making a fuss about 50? Sure, if we were any other country on the planet, 50 billion would be the budget. Not a rounding error. It would be the budget. Uh, but the bigger it gets here, uh, the more everybody in Washington makes it plain that nobody's going to do anything about it. And that's why when the dollar, when the Chinese decide and to yank the rug out from under the dollar, it is going to be an almighty crash on a scale no one has ever seen before in human history. The recklessness of this policy is incredible. And by the way, normally for 50 billion, in, even in America, if you spent 50 billion, you used to be able to get something for it. You'd say, oh, we, we seem to have spent a lot of money last year. Uh, what it, well, you know, we, uh, we, we built the Hoover Dam and the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, oh okay, that explains it. 50 billion for consulting. <laughs> what do you get for right. it? What does that exactly. even mean? A guy told from you, McKinsey. We told you something. Yeah. We told you things. Yeah. A guy from McKinsey came round here and uh, we was chatted in the office for 40 minutes. And then he sent me a check for, uh, sent me an invoice for $4 billion. <laughs> There's nothing to show for it. Right. Well, and now, Mark, I uh, I really want to get your opinion on this story because I am am kind of torn. There was a story in the Amazon Prime Washington Post <laughs> about the cultures, the culture wars' latest casualty, High School Musical. Now, I don't know a thing about musicals. <laughs> I I never liked musicals as a kid. It's like somebody singing and dancing. Turn that crap off. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's not fair because there are a lot of very talented people that do musicals and, and love musicals. I just, not one of them. Uh, except I do like the musicals on South Park. I will say that. Um, <laughs> but there was a story about how how now the, the musicals are in high school are are becoming more and more censored. They're being shut down. Uh, there was one, their, their lead example, in Ohio's Cardinal Local School. Somebody liked some of the features of a musical they wanted to put on. Uh, the Spelling Bee included a song about erections, the appearance of Christ, and that one character has two fathers. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones that are mentioned have sort of dark themes that deal with suicide and other things. And But here's my question. Now, I do respect creativity, and I respect the fact that creativity is going to sometimes go outside of the envelopes that make mm. people comfortable. So this kind of worries me in a, in a way. I understand where we're at with this, with, with we don't want children being groomed by, by, by school teachers and, and by the, the school establishment. But, I mean, come on, there was a story a few weeks ago, I don't know how fair it was, that, uh, that, a, te- that a principal was, was bounced out because of a statue of uh, uh, my, the Michelangelo statue of David <laughs> that 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 some parents said, "Oh, this is too much. We yeah. see his we see his dangly, and yeah. you're not, and this is just too yeah. much for." Are we? Where's your take on all of this stuff? Well, I think it's slightly different with musicals because I take your point that you know, like you're a big butch uh, passing for heterosexual male, and you don't want Thank to be you. associated with an art form that is notoriously camp. Now, what has <laughs> happened? What has <clears throat> happened is that you, you, what they're doing in these schools is all these um, new musicals, recent musicals with LGBT quirky characters. In other words. Somebody somewhere thought, uh, you know, musicals aren't quite gay enough, so let's make them even gayer. And the thing about high school musicals, the only thing they have going for them is that if you go along to a high school musical, there's going to be some guy like you in it. Because it's school. So they're going to make, oh, yeah, the captain of the football team, he's, uh, you know, he's playing the lead in South Pacific or whatever for, for this year's musical. That's the only reason to, to, to see it, is that uh, regular guys, everybody in the school, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a musical in which everyone uh, can uh, take part. And so what they do, my, my kid, who wasn't the greatest song and dance man on earth, my youngest kid, um, he used, you know, he he quite liked being in in school musicals. He was, you know, relatively merely semi incompetent in Bye Bye Birdie, you know, doing put on a happy face and all that kind of thing. And then he gets to high school, and instead of just doing regular shows like uh, Bye Bye Birdie or West Side Story or whatever, uh, suddenly they're doing what was it? Uh, I think it was he was. Uh, uh, it was Stephen Sondheim into the woods, which is like a show, which is a show that uh, only people who really, 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 really like the particular aesthetic of musicals that you loathe, James, would ever do. And he said to me, they all sound, 
you know, they, they sound like they're having a hernia when they're singing these songs. <laughs> he didn't want any part of it. The point of school musicals is you get to go, oh, look, it's some nice little camp musical comedy from the 1920s. And what do you know? Snurdly's in the lead, having to prance around <laughs> and looking incredibly unhappy about it. That's the point of school musicals. So why they've wrecked the whole form by getting these uh, new shows into it. I tell you what, I, I, you know, you just triggered me. Now I know why I dislike them so much. I know, I'm not kidding. When I was in elementary school, they made us do these things, right? And so they made me, I was in the play. I was in a play, the HMS Pinafore. And I was the captain, and I had to sing. And, 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 and I sang, and you reached this high point yeah. in this, no, never, and my voice cracked, and the whole place laughed at me. And that was it for me in musicals. I was like, I will never again. I won't see one. I don't want to be in one. No, I want no. nothing to do with no, these no. things. No, we, we're doing that for the last night on the Mark Stein cruise. I'm going to find the 10 gayest Stephen Sondheim songs, and it's going to be Snurdly Sings Sondheim. We're going to release it as a concept <laughs> album. We're going to make you do it, and you're going uh, the to... Most, the most tortured songs we can find, and you're going to be having to be up there on stage walking. Them. Well, you know, and I'm, I, I'm game. I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to have some fun on this cruise. And I have to tell you, I have already started doing research, Mark. I know time's running short, but let me just say this: I hope that, in all seriousness, that somebody is can go through the history of some of the beautiful places that we're going. I've started to research. I'm like, well, what the hell is Montenegro? Mm. I don't know anything about Montenegro. I just remember Croatia from the war, and right. I don't remember anything else. And so I started reading, and these histories are amazing, this itinerary that you've picked out. No, well, I, I find that quite interesting. Uh, that, that, that's a, what people think of as a troubled part of the world, Croatia, uh, certainly, and even Montenegro, um, which is a wild mountain kingdom. Um, but it's interesting to me that in some ways, compared to the nuttiness that you get in Western Europe, and then in His Majesty's Dominions, and then in the United States. Uh, Eastern Europe looks in some ways less nutso than we are these days. Well, so we're looking forward to the Mark Stein Cruise. Tell people where they can go to get more information about yeah. it, please. You can go to MarkSteinCruise.com. That's all one word, and Stein with a Y. And as I said, you won't want to miss that. Big last night gala, Snurdly Sings Sondheim. It's going to be way better than whatever your kid's doing in high school this year. And next week, Mark, we want your review of the coronation. I think it's this. <laughs> is, it this is it this week? Yeah, it's Saturday. And actually, speaking of high school musicals, there's supposedly the King has put together a gay Commonwealth choir. I don't know whether that's just a rumor or not, but good. <laughs> so they didn't have one of those at the last coronation. Oh my goodness, Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen, America's undocumented anchorman again. Mark Stein, S T E Y N. Mark Stein Cruise, join us. We're going on the Adriatic Sea in July. Time is running out. Get booted now. Thanks, Mark. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks a lot, James. Amen. James Golden here, WABC, Mark Stein, every Tuesday. Make sure you're here for Mark Stein Day. 
We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. Gordon Lightfoot passed away last night. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 